Hello. Happy Friday, everybody. Hi, guys. How's it going? This is Dr. Mizzy Hood with the 50 Minute Rev. I hope you guys are having a great week. And um, I've got some encouragement today uh, as far as where we're at. And, um, you know, the devil thinks he's, he's so stinking stupid. He thinks he can stop God. But I've got a word today that's going to show you otherwise. And so anyway, I hope you're having a great week. I'm Dr. Missy Hood with the 15 Minute Rep. If you notice the stormy background here behind me, it's because things are going to be stormy the next three weeks. The Lord's been telling me that for about four days now. And he said, uh, make sure that you are staying close to home. Uh, it's going to be that way in the natural and by the spirit. If it, storms have moved into your uh, environment Whatever region of the country you're living in right now, it's because it's getting stormy in the spirit. Things are heating up. And so anyhow, if you guys could pray for me, I would really appreciate that, ladies, this morning or this afternoon. And so we're going to jump right into the word. But man, what a word. And actually, before I jump into the word, I take that back. I want to play a snippet. I told you guys I was going to be playing some snippets of some um different movie trailers and things like that. And this is what's so cool about this snippet is that for you people who have been obedient and for people who have chosen to obey and trust God in this new place, God's saying, this is for you. And, and if you've never seen the movie about the Memphis bell, this is what the snippet's about. They were a B, I think it's a B 57 fighting squad. And they were the only fighting squad who never lost a man on their entire track during World War II. And so they were sent out on a final mission um, to do one more mission before they were sent home. And they got sent to the most lethal place they could ever be sent into. Does this feel like you, Intercessor? Does this feel like you? So hang with me. I'll be right back. This is for you. In the summer of 1943, a fierce battle raged in the skies of Europe. So that's the crew of the Memphis Bell, huh? They're just ordinary men, Colonel. They fly 24 missions without a scratch. That doesn't sound very ordinary to me. Kilometer checking in. Assume positions for takeoff. It was a time when boys became soldiers. Sir, that's the third rank down there. 30 seconds to bomb run. I've never done this before, have you? Why? Am I doing something wrong? Strangers became brothers. I know that I shall meet my fate somewhere among the clouds above. Look out, look out! Take out the rookies! Smile? What is there to smile about, sir? You guys have finished 24 missions. One more and you get to go home. That sure make me smile. Target for today... Is Bremen. Matthew Modine and Eric Stoltz. I know you want to drop the bombs and get the hell out of here. Bandits, five o'clock. We asked these boys to become men. If we don't do it, somebody's going to have to come back here again and do it for us. We asked these men to become heroes. Get out of the way! But whatever the danger, whatever the odds. It's our job, ours, nobody else's. Bombs and doors open. We asked them to come home again. Memphis Bell, an extraordinary... Okay, what brings us back to the conversation at hand. So what does that have to do with you, intercessor, front runner, if you're a true front runner? Um, it has everything to do with you right now as we're 
crossing over into our promised land blessings and nothing. If it's of God, you can't stop it. Acts 539. This is why it pays to obey the Lord. This is why it pays to get and learn about the true King's decree. And more importantly than the first two statements, this is why it pays to obey God in getting free. When he tells you to get free from yourself, get free from all things that so easily beset you. His purpose in telling you to do that was to bring you up higher and to bring you into the land. You can't go into the land any way you please. Which brings us to today's topic about 15 minute revenue. It's called bye-bye stormy. God's permissive will versus God's sovereign will. And AKA that's for America as well. And it says, go Eagle, go, go Eagle, go. You fly, Eagle fly. And so if you've been feeling like you have been hitting some trench weather or muddy ground the last three days, maybe the last week, the last week has really been exceptionally difficult for intercession. It's because the enemy knows you're about to hit that promised land place. And he knows once you hit your promised land, once you step into it, the glory, and it's already hitting some of you. It's already hitting a lot of us right now where the glory is already starting to cover us. And so once the glory starts to cover you, the storm can't touch you, which brings me to the topic at hand. So recalibrating here, the Lord's saying, Next, next three weeks, it's going to be stormy. And it's because things are heating up between the black hats and the white hats. So what you should be seeing in the next three weeks are major irregular storms in the natural, but also by the spirit. Um, and even though the body's already tired right now, if you know how to break off the arrows coming at your faith, your love, hope, belief, confidence, and trust, melt them. Psalms 104.4 fire melt them. And so the enemy's desperate to stop you. Do you understand? He's desperate to stop you. Like he's trying to come at me even right now while I'm teaching, but I'm so happy I can't contain myself. So he's trying to stop the Lord and his word. And he's trying to stop you from making it into this new level. And the Lord's saying, you can't, if something's of God, you can't stop. And it's all about time and entering into the divine. But the Lord says, time is mine. So if time is the Lord's, all these people, see, they're always trying to keep people from listening to the truthers. If you know any of the truthers out there, there are a lot of truth voices out there right now. Well, the enemy's trying to hide you. He's trying to uh, make people not interested in watching you because he knows if they get the truth, they'll get set free because the enemy wants them to stay stuck underneath the apparatus of death. He does not want America free. And so I'm going to tell you guys out there who are speaking truth and and, and, and you're just continuing on and keeping on, keeping on. You keep on keeping on. You keep on speaking the truth and keeping speaking it loud and proud. Because by the way, you're not going after the church. That's, that's, they're in a lurch. The Lord's saying you're going after the people that God removed from the church to preserve them for this hour. We're going to get into that here in a second. Hang with me. So the majority, if not all enemies, this is the word for the disobedient right now. And even the occult. For the matter of fact, the majority, if not all enemies, will lose their way in this C2 segment from April 30th through September 15th. Because C2 is set up purposely by God to force people to fail. Can you imagine? God would be a God like that. I know a lot of people are like, no, God wouldn't do that to me. God's not a God. Like, yeah, he will. Yeah, he will. Yeah, he will. He'll do it to find out what's inside of you. Or to find out who will travail and press into his heart, his ways, not man's. 
not man. Let's get into the, let's get into the guts of this conversation. So the Lord's saying, if you think that your way will stand in chamber two of God's fiery portion of his heart, <clears throat> starts on April 30th, again, you're kidding yourself. You're kidding yourself. And it's because C2 is built to refine or to judge us. Okay, it's built. It's strategically built. You've got strange fire versus Holy Ghost fire. You've got life, which is Holy Ghost fire or death, strange fire. And so you get to choose every day which kingdom you're going to serve. It's the purpose of all the C2s before this point. It's C2s been going on for almost 25 years now, but the church is just learning about it. And so, and some people are so stupid in the church that they're trying to shut off the voices, trying to educate the church because they want everybody to stay as stuck as they are. That's what a miserable heart condition so many people are finding themselves in. Better you than me is what I say. So here, let's get on with the conversation. So here we go. C2 is built to refine or to judge, but it's all up to you. It's all up to you. And so it's up to you how you choose to walk through kingdom. You can choose to walk through your lifespan in life or in death. But every day you have to choose. You get to choose. Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon. So if you're walking in the flesh, just an AKA heads up to you, you're choosing death. So God's making this real easy for you. This is like not rocket science or anything. So when you choose to change or be changed more into God's love and his ways, we're actually choosing life. We're choosing life. And so, but the Lord's saying, when you lower your standards to do life your own way versus Yahweh's way, you're building the enemy's kingdom within you. You're siding and purposefully choosing to allow the devil to set up camp within you instead of God's kingdom from heaven. And probably the Lord told me, he said, I don't serve the devil. The devil serves me, says the Lord, and he serves my purposes. As do we, whether you want to or not. Everybody on the planet Earth gets to serve the Lord, whether you choose to or not, whether you're a believer or not. And so... But what's happening in this portion of your testing, Lord's saying this is what's happening to some of you. And what witchcraft is being used by God to achieve within his people. Isn't that interesting? I thought that was interesting when God told me that, that he was using witchcraft. And I thought, Lord, that's just, eh. and he said, no, I use everything, Missy, Romans 8, 28. I work all things for the good of those who are in Christ Jesus. This is my permissive will. Do you know what permissive will stands for? Permissive will is God using evil or the evil of man, the evil of the occult, to show us who's who. He's bringing out what's inside you. And so if you're participating in siding with the enemy's kingdom, then guess who your father is? Hallelujah. We, already, we always knew. So there you go. Go serve him. You're doing a great job. So instead of serving God's kingdom, and so God is saying, I'm allowing evil to come at my people for a greater purpose in this season. He's been doing it for five years, actually. And it's now coming to a head. But the enemy is using it. If you take the bait, the enemy wants Americans or intercessors, front runners that are staying true to God to lose interest at this point in the test so that you stop paying attention and you stop praying against the occult. You stop maturing. That's what the witchcraft is being used for to teach you about how the enemy operates, 
what's in your what's in your heart, but also uh, how to get them out of the way so that God's kingdom can come, His will can be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's another tactic of C two, and it's also to get your mind so mentally fatigued that you quit pressing into the new level of God's spirit so you can hit the place of destiny and safety. Did you know that? So what I found really, really interesting about this whole conversation today with the Lord was that God is being so meticulous about how he's unfolding this thing. He's giving us answers to our questions and he's showing us what's going on, but we're just dealing with the crappiness of man, the crappy heart conditions of people. And so for you people who have been obedient to the Lord, you're having to do things God's way, whether you like it or not. And see, these people that are stuck in the flesh may disagree with you and saying, well, you're not just as bad as I am. No, actually, I'm not. I'm just fighting you in the courts and I'm just letting God deal with you. And you don't like it because you're not getting your selfish way. That's the problem. It's going to be Yahweh's way or the kingdom that you're serving's way. And so you get to choose today, just like I got to choose. We all get to choose. Hallelujah. So another tactic is to see what's in our hearts to see if we're fit to enter into the higher dimensions of God's heart, which is in the latter part of C3, C4. It's also known as the seven spirits of God as we approach the ninth of Av, or the inspection place of God, to see how much we have changed or chosen to be changed. And if you've chosen to be passive, which I'm seeing this will happen a lot in the body right now, or to let some other intercessor do the job. And a lot of people are taking the attitudes. And I'm seeing it. People are like, ah, we're going to use you as a, a prayer team for us. And you can just pray for us. And we'll sit back on our laurels and let you do all the work. And lots like, <laughs> God's like, you want a bet? Get off your butt. It's time for you to get to work. Everybody's responsible for what they choose to do in and out of kingdom. You're all held responsible. All held responsible. So God's simply saying, those people who have chosen to get passive, by the way, this is what else you lose in that choice. See, every choice has consequences on this level. You understand that? Every choice has consequences. But for those who are choosing to not do their job and not come up and not get free, God's saying, no problem. Not a problem. Not a problem. I'll just give your portion of kingdom to someone else who will pursue it. I'll give it to somebody else. And so, but if you keep on keeping on and keep on getting free and choosing to come up higher in me and into pureness, you'll begin to see the kingdom of heaven advance. And guess what? You'll stop acting like hell. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Can you imagine? Okay. Hallelujah. So the truth then begins to prevail and you stop acting like hell. Those words rhyme. Did you catch that? They rhyme. They rhyme. Hence, your life stops being stormy. Kind of like Stormy Daniels and who she is. God bless that woman. So you begin to enter into the calm while God allows the rest of the storm to rage around you. Now, that might not feel so funny to some people who are listening to this broadcast right now. Matter of fact, some of you may be cussing me right now. I, don't, I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. By the way, I've seen some of you pray behind the scenes. You might as well. You might as well let a rip potato chip because you're doing everything else under the sun. Why not just go ahead and let her rip like your father, the devil? So, or you could choose to change and be changed and do something different today. <clears throat> you could learn how to ascend and descend and you'd 
actually find identity and quit competing and making a fool out of yourself because of unhealed insecurities, which Jezebel's identities are are enthralled within, if I can speak right. Let me tell you about Jezebel's identity. Jezebel's identity is comprised of fear, doubt, unworthiness, bitterness of soul, anger, rage, poverty, witchcraft, and chaos. It's right smack dab in the enemy's kingdom because Jezebel is the front runner for the enemy. And all embroiled within the enemy's camp and kingdom are going to get stuck in that spirit. And you'll get stuck there. If you do not choose to change or be changed, you can get stuck there. But when you find freedom, you find heaven on earth. And you begin to come up above the enemy's storms. And your life quits emulating Stormy Daniels. God bless her. Because God's been probably pursuing her all of her life. But your life stops being stormy is what I'm trying to say. You get your life back. And so instead of being nice about everything and and God being polite and trying to politely ask everybody, he's now getting in our face and telling us, if you do this, you're going to get this. If you do this, you're going to get this. It's Deuteronomy 27 and 28. The cursings of God will come upon you. But where does that leave you and I? It brings us into our new land as we've chosen to come higher and stand if you have in God's ways. And you know what's sad is that a lot of people think that they have, but they haven't chosen to get free from their grave clothes, which leaves them in the enemy's camp. A lot of leaders have done this. And so today, God's asking a lot of you, why don't you come home again? Just like the Memphis Bell, where many of you are flying your final mission before you enter your promised land blessings. But we're quickly finding who has been obedient in serving Christ and who has been disobedient in serving the devil's kingdom. And it's up to each of us to choose who we're going to choose to follow, our ways or the Lord's. For intercessors, for this last leg of the journey, as God has you enter C2, make sure you're doing the following. And the enemy doesn't want you to hear this today, so I'm hoping that one of my animals doesn't disrupt me. But identify 1 Kings 1.14. All layered, structured, written, spoken word weapons from the devil's kingdom in the form of macro, micro spells. Write that down. Go back and listen to the replay. Used with magic spells, laws, Innocent blood sacrifices, that's blood that's not of Jesus, by the way. An innocent blood sacrifice is not from the blood of Jesus. Behind their spells to give them more power against us. Demonic seeds, find demonic seeds. Prayers pray to miss. Witchcraft prayers used from the Bible or Torah. And then collapse all these demonic realities with Numbers 14, 9. And strike them down with Job 36, 32. Nullified 1 Corinthians 1, 19. Brendan, can y'all pray about that, please? Hold on one second. I'm going to give me one second. I'm going to make a. Get some help. So you're going to strike them down. Job 36, 32. 
and nullified. And if God didn't save them, let them fall to the ground. Lamentations 3, 37 to 38. Please come get Mackie. So you're going to let them fall to the ground. And then command the release of all the true prophets' words and intercessors and front runners. You're going to release those. Which brings us to Joshua 22, 21 through 23, 16. And it's talking about the land at rest for the obedient. This is where this brings you. I do want to go back and I want to repeat this for intercessors because I had interruptions. And this is important. The devil didn't want you catching this. See, the devil always does crap like this when he doesn't want you to hear what God is saying. You're getting rid of the macro micro spells in the second heavens is what you're doing. So you're going to be identifying them with 1 Kings 1.14, all layered, structured, written, spoken, word weapons from the devil's kingdom in the form of macro micro spells, witchcraft prayers, prayers pray to miss, backed as well as magic spells and laws backed by innocent blood sacrifices nullified because they're not done in the blood of Jesus. And it gives their spells power as well as demonic seeds, prayers, and anything used with the Bible or Torah. The Bible or Torah is using the holy with the unholy. You collapse them, Numbers 14, 9, strike them down, Job 36, 32, nullified, 1 Corinthians 1, 19, and if God didn't say it, let it fall to the ground. Lamentations 3, 30, 70, 38. And then command, Psalms 33, 9, the release of all the true prophetic words from the true prophets, true intercessors, and true front runners. And the devil can go to hell where he belongs for trying to interrupt me just now. Hallelujah. Go replay this. Go write it all down. Just like I said it, it works. It's 100% effective 100% of the time. And it'll help you move through C2. For you others, intercessors and front runners, you need to ask God to order your footsteps. Psalms 37, 23. Okay? So, what you're finding, though, in this season, before we enter into our lands and see which, the people that have been obedient, we've learned how to, a lot of us know the truth. I mean, we don't know the truth, but we, um, you, we know how to recognize truth. And so, if we're walking in all truth, people that speak the truth don't offend us. They don't make us afraid. But the church has gotten so far away from the truth and so far away from God's love and spirit that these people get offended. They get offended when truth comes into the room. Well, God didn't God tell us for the last year all truth is marching on and judgment's right behind him. The truth is coming into the room. So if the truth offends you, that's a definite clue that you need deliverance you've gotten away from him thank you cynthia so that brings us to joshua 22 through 21 and 23 16 and it's talking about the land at rest and this is just for the obedient but if you know anything about this passage this is where god separated out the wheat from the chaff. but in this passage we also see we're part of israel has moved over into their land and the other part got left behind and they're beginning to struggle with not being allowed to be a part of God's assembly. Have you read this? But what they should have considered was that they chose that boundary. 
They should have considered. They were the ones who chose to stay there. So if you remember anything about these folks, they were the ones demanding to stay the same. Because they were so sure they were right. And they demanded to stay in their apparatus of religion and death. The level of pride that was revealed was almost an all-consuming fire as tempers flared with hearts demanding that it was their way or that they were correct and they knew the way to the king without considering that maybe God was doing a new thing and considering what he had to say about their thinking. So if you know anything about Israel's day versus today, history always repeats itself. And so today, we see so many denominations and church splits with the separation of two groups, with one entering the land and the other being kept out because they're rebelling against God. And even now, with many tempers flaring against God, and they're very angry at him. The ones who have messed up, they are very angry at God because in their hearts, just like the Lord-Lord conversation that's coming up pretty soon, um, they're saying, How dare you leave us out when we have served you? But in reality, they've only served themselves because their motives have always been off. And they hate those who have moved in before them because they were always more deserving, right? And I say, whatever. Weren't they clever? So in this season then, God has gone outside of the church now. He told us he was going to do this. He's gone outside of the church to find those who want to come back home to his throne in his heart because God purposefully drove out his true remnant, the Josephs, to help protect them for such a time as this, to help bring in revival. And if you know anything, like even right now, this is how crappy these people are. They're praying witchcraft prayers even while I speak, trying to make you not listen to the truth of what God is having to say because they're so arrogant and they're so sure and they're so like a a camel with their head stuck in the sand acting like, well, if I don't listen, it won't be true. I don't care if you listen. I don't care if you ever listen. A lot of you are going to hell in a handbasket and you're fighting for your right to go there. God's like, go on. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. Go by. See you, Felicia. Go join your father. You've been serving him anyway the whole time. Coming against my people, trying to get into the divine. This is also why, this is what I found was really interesting today, too, what the Lord said. This is why it feels so strange. I don't know about you, but I felt like this. When I get on social media and I see people proclaiming the good news who aren't affiliated with ministries. Have you seen this? And at first I thought, well, this is different. Like I'm seeing big country music stars and uh, news people, newscasters. Please pray for them. And And I'm thinking, that's odd. But God's church is outside of the building. Hello, Elvis left the building. God left the building with his people because the church wouldn't let him in. He said, I'm going to preserve a remnant And I'm going to raise them up in due season, prepare them for revival in hopes that maybe the church will listen again. Those that stayed stuck underneath the apparatus of religion, the spirit of death. 
Because the the church are those stuck underneath the apparatus of religion and death. If you want to, this is what I really feel like. They're acting like a weird cult right now. And they're trying to call you weird. People that are serving the Lord weird. Like you're not of God. When in reality, they're the ones serving the enemy. They've been riding in this camp for a long time. Because they've fallen so far away from the true, warm, unconditional love of Jesus. Only thing they've ever known was cold love. Was the Jezebelian spirit. It's been in their, in their midst for the last 30 years. That would give the spirit time to get ingrained in a person, don't you think? And they wouldn't know the warm, unconditional love of Jesus if he walked up alongside of them and slapped their head. But for those who are choosing to cross over into truth, you're fixing to get your lives back. And you're fixing to come up into the unity of the true brethren. Because there still are some people, there's some people like, remember the four people groups I was talking about and then they turned into two. But there are people standing on the edge of the people that people group that are in the wrong camp. And they're like, well, how did I get here? How did I get here? And they're at least honest enough to question their own hearts and to turn back to God and say, you know, God, this, I don't know if something's wrong here, but I need to get wherever you want me to be. So I'm going to tell you people, ask God to order your footsteps. Ask him to order your heart, your mind back into trust. Psalms 37, 23 where you need to be so you can get where you need to be so you're not being served up a big old fat piece of humble pie with the rest of these crazy people who have chosen to stay on the other side but the place of unity is the place of power so if this word offends you in this hour then you don't know him you don't know him this should actually be giving you so much encouragement today and, and knowing that you're aligned with Yahweh's way. But the one thing you never want to do, and I have to honestly say this too, because anybody, I, I believe that, especially in the times that we now live, anybody can miss it. Anybody. And it's because of the level of fatigue and the level of darkness that we're fighting. So the only way I know how to tell you to fight that is ask God to order your footsteps across so you can get out and through. Because no matter how great any leader is, they're not going to last forever. They're not going to be able to last forever. And it's this season, God is looking for the faithful. And just like this last week, we lost Charles Stanley. You know, any of you know who Charles Stanley is? He was 90 years old and he passed away and went on to be with the Lord. But he was very, very loved, but he was also very, very faithful. And it's, that's what God is looking for. He's looking for the faithful. But incomplete obedience will lead to compromise and judgment. And so God is saying, I'm separating out the true two people groups right now which is where we find three-fourths of the body of Christ still stuck on the other side with their apparatus of death and with their favorite friend, Jezebel. But for this side, God's saying, I'm looking at the Joshua's, the new leaders, where they're fearless and they're learning to trust me in all things. See, you know, the good news about being faithful to God, I don't have a problem with facing down the unfaithful. He did have a fruitful life. 
I don't have I don't have a problem facing down the unfaithful because they're usually a lot of angry. What do they call them? They gnash their teeth at people who are really, really good, loving people. They're arrogant. They're pride filled. And they usually side along side of each other because they follow the sheeple. They don't follow God. They follow their pocketbook. In this hour saying, in this hour, God is saying, your pocketbook just got you in trouble because you put more faith in mammon than you put in me. When I told you to shift, I admit for you to shift now, not when you felt like it. Which brings us to Luke 20, 27 through 47. And it talks about rejecting the truth and leaders who won't escape God's judgment. Because we're here. If you haven't heard the latest Kent Christmas word, well, listen to his latest word about the spirit of death coming near. And what Luke 20, 27 through 47 is talking about, and what happened to these people in this passage, these leaders, their disobedience led to their refusal to trust Christ. They thought that they knew more than God. But in spite of their hypocritical mindsets or their having the, oh, I'll side with whichever, whichever way the wind is blowing as long as it's blowing into my own pocketbook. But the Lord is still holding them accountable. He holds us accountable, especially on this level. And it's because right and wrong decisions can make or break you, and it can also cause his sheep to be misled. And you may choose to forget your past decisions, but they're not going to forget about you. Nor will God forget what you chose to do. Because he holds us accountable for our obedience and disobedience. And if you know anything, do you know who Winston Churchill is? Most people do. This is what he stated. Truth is incontrovertible. Panic may resent it. Ignorance may deride it. And malice may distort it. But there it is. Your lack of obedience because you thought you knew more than God. And this is what happened to the Pharisees of their day. It's what happening, it's what's happened to a lot of leaders in our day today, because they quickly are realizing that their lack of obedience was going to cost them something. And you know, it's funny to me how we have this shifting of false prophets now, and they're trying to step back into the stream with the true prophets. And God's like, No, I've already separated you. You can't go back across this stream. I've already defined who you are and who you chose to stand with. And so now my people are going out and through. And you can still come up if you so choose, but it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. And so for many, it costs them the kingdom. When they chose not to obey the Lord, because they had allowed themselves to be duped by the devil in their own camps. They had refused proper house cleaning. And now, here they sat, not even recognizing the Lord that stood right before them, which brought about their own ruin. If it happened to Israel, it can happen today. They didn't recognize Jesus when he rode in on a donkey, and they're not recognizing the new move today. And you know what? That's not your problem, frontrunner. That's not your problem, intercessor. Your only responsibility is to keep choosing love every day and do what he tells you to do. 
Because Christ will either save you or he'll either judge you. You only have two choices. But it's all up to you. And there's not any middle ground in this conversation. But luckily, for some of you, there might still be time for you to enter into the divine if you choose to repent and seek deliverance, which will be proven during this fiery place of C2. If you make it through, which will only come from getting free from you. Because in this season, nobody gets to evade their responsibility of not obeying Christ just because of what they feel like doing or what they don't want to be perceived as doing because it might go against the status quo. If it happened in Jesus' day, it's happening today. And you've got to choose to stand. You've got to choose to stand. And so where many are deciding to go their own way or be led astray by the Pharisees of that day, we still have Pharisees today. The same is true. The Lord's saying, who are you going to follow? Are you going to come out and through? Are you going to go back and serve the kingdom of darkness? Because there's no, there's nothing, there's nothing to go back to. If you think about it, the only way, the only thing behind you is Egypt. And so if you really want to know the truth about how to get through into your promised land blessings, God's saying, when you surrender to me, you actually win and you enter in. But this whole mindset of, I know more than God, I am bigger than God. It, it, oh, this was the kicker for me. This was the kicker for me this week. Where a lot of, <clears throat> I couldn't believe it. Where the Lord was showing me that a lot of leaders had thought, my name is bigger than yours. I, I can't believe God would tell me to do this. And if God didn't tell me himself, then it must not be God. And I'm thinking, you put more stock in your name than you do his? I'm like, have you lost your ever-loving mind? I think, how arrogant are you? And so God is testing hearts in this season. He's trying to see if you're going to humble yourself before him and say, you know what? I don't have this all figured out, and I don't know what this new move's all about, and I don't know what all these truthers are about, but the truth is all in my face. Don't you think if he put about 50 truthers in your face, it's time to listen to somebody? Instead of you going around in circles like a sheeple, acting like you've lost your ever-loving mind and looking like a fool because you're serving Jezebel? Which brings us to Psalms 89, 14 through 37, while I calm myself down. It's talking about faithfulness. Talking about faithfulness. And I'm talking about God's, not yours. Talking about God. God's always faithful. And by the way, he's freeing America. America's coming back. And this is a place in this passage where God is talking about, if you didn't catch the following passages, you know, the whole conversation we've been having is about God trying to find out who's going to stand up in a standard. Who's going to stand up in the standard of love? Not man's standard, because your standards might not be that high, and your perception of love may be skewed. And so we have a lot of people in the church right now who are looking at Christ with a very, very skewed perception because they've been underneath the apparatus of death and religion for so long. And they, they would die for that structure. They would die for that false structure. And so in this season, God's saying, come out from amongst them. I want to bring you out from amongst them. And I want to set you free, free to be, just free to be, be loved by me, says the Lord. 
And so many of you have, the only thing you've ever known was this false reality of who people or who man told you Jesus was. And Jesus like, he's, I feel like he's saying, that's not me. And, and just like he walked in through the temple and he kicked the, the, the den of thieves out and he said, get out and take your wares with you. That's not me. I'm not taking your brand of love. I don't want your brand of love and you don't represent me. And I feel like he's telling a lot of the church this today. You don't represent me. So I'm going to the outside. I'm going to people who do want to hear the truth. I'm going to society who, where I took my vessels to prepare them for such a time, to preserve them for such a time as this. And the church, by the way, you people that are in the church who've been sitting with your butts in pews all this time, <clears throat> taking up space. What I say? Thinking you're under God's grace. God's like, time's ticking for you, but there's still time for you to come out and through. But it's going to be a mighty bumpy ride for those of you entering into C2. What is C2? It's the fiery chamber of God's heart from April 30th through September 15th. And God said, this is going to be a right white knuckle ride for some of you. Like, have you ever been on one of those roller coasters? Have you ever had G-Force hit you before? Have you ever ridden in G-Force? I have, and, and I, I was... Sick as a dog when I got through. I was sick as a dog. Sick as a dog. And and my best friend took me to Astro World and got me on this stinking G-Force roller coaster. And I was stupid for having listened. But she was like, oh, come on, Melissa. Come on, come on. Come on. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Let's do this thing. Let's do this thing. And I'm like, whatever. And you know it makes me sick. And I'm sitting there arguing back and forth. You know it makes me sick to get on stuff like this. And she's like, come on, it's going to be fun. It's going to be so much fun. And, da, 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 da. and so we get on this thing and it starts trekking up this first big hill. I don't know why I'm telling you this, but this is how some of you are going to start experiencing this stuff. And so we get up on this big hill and you can feel the, the coaster clicking. It's clicking. And you're thinking to yourself, oh my God. It, it, and you see the, the next thing that's heading, you're heading towards what's is a straight drop down. And we get to it. And I looked at her and I said, I'm going to so slap you when we get off this thing. And, and then G-Force starts. And if you've never felt G-Force, it presses everything in you because the roller coaster was going so fast. And so fast forward, fast forward, we get off this thing. And I'm thinking, you know how you have people that they get off roller coasters and everybody's laughing and, ah! It was silence, silence on this roller coaster. And I'm thinking, yeah, they're as sick as I am. They're as sick as a dog as I am. And, and my best friend at this time, she was like, mm. and I go, what's wrong? And I slapped her on the back and I said, what's wrong with you? Get your butt up over here. This was your bright idea. We're going to ride this thing. Oh, no, I got to lay down. I got to lay down. I said, no, we're going to ride this puppy again. And guess what? You're going to sit in the front seat for having made me ride this dumb thing. That's what G-Force does to you. That's the white, white knuckle ride that some of you are looking forward to for C2 this year. And it's going to be a mighty bumpy ride. Matter of fact, this whole three weeks of storminess, that's for you. God bless you. So faithfulness, God's faithfulness, not yours. God's faithfulness is seen from generation to generation. If you know anything about God, this whole test that we've been walking through as a nation has been all about trust. Do you trust in 
your word or do you trust in God's word? Because if you know anything about man, man's fickle. We've already been seeing this in the church, the fickleness of man. And yes, no, maybe so. If not, I won't go. It's a spiritual schizophrenia going on. And people are like, just shut up. Just shut up. Because we're tired of you catering to the status quo just so how, how it can affect your bottom line or your pocketbook. Nobody cares. This wasn't ever about money. This is all about bringing people back to the basics of love. People who want a standard set back in place with honor, true nobility, and integrity. I don't know about you. That's what I've learned from my military background through my dad. I learned that growing up. If it's not good and pure and lovely, don't do it. Don't touch it. And learning how to have a standard. Hi, Connie. And learning how to uphold a standard and choosing the, to do the hard thing, even when, in the, when it went into the face of adversity, when everybody else around you was saying, no, let's do the easy thing. Let's do the easy thing. And God's like, really? You're going to compromise and digress? You're going to stoop down into the devil's kingdom? You're going to lose your status? You're willing to do that? You're willing to lose your blessing? That's what we've been watching the last 35 I don't know about you. That's what I've been watching. And I can remember feeling the shifts and thinking, have y'all lost your minds? Not like I'm perfect. Trust me, when I was a sinner, I was full-blown sinner. Full-blown, not that I'm still not. <laughs> we, we're still working. I'm a work in progress. So are you. But when I was fully committed, not knowing I was fully committed to the wrong kingdom, I was raised in the church. Well, listening to Billy Graham. But God yanked me by the neck and yanked me back in. But the same is true for some of you. But the whole point is, is that God had to make me see what I had and what I almost lost in order to get me to appreciate it. And he had to get me back into the correct standard. This is where he's trying to bring us back into as a nation. It's, I don't know what he thinks about, except for the, for the fact that the church, he brought his people out of the church right now, his true people. I don't know what he thinks about those people still stuck in there. I believe that there are still some good people in there that are on assignment. But a lot of people I worry about. I really do worry about. I tell my mom all the time, my family, I come from a family of leaders, and they all serve in the church in some capacity. And I'm thinking, dang, your assignment's hard. I thought my assignment's hard. Having to deal with Jezebel every Sunday and dealing with the crazy trained behaviors. Okay, back to faithfulness, though. God is faithful. He's not fickle. But he's faithful from generation to generation. And if he's going to bring us back to the basics of love, what he's trying to teach us are the standards from above. But he's trying to teach it from generation to generation among his people, the nations, and towards the people in leadership. Imagine that. what happens if the head trickles down like the oil on the beard of Aaron. David knew this. David saw this in past generations. He also knew that what Christ had done, in, or what God had done, excuse me, in his family, not because of anything he had done himself, but because of who, who God said he was, and because of what Scripture said God was, and what, who God, or who, what Scripture said that God promised to be. But even during David's time, like in America today, it was hard to believe that God was keeping his covenant. David had a hard time with it. 
I know a lot of people today are having a hard time believing what what you see in the news or what you don't hear and what you don't see happening. Like we think we should be seeing arrest. We think that we should be watching all this justice come forward. And it is. It just may not be the way you think. But you can't believe in what you see with your eyes because your eyes will fail you. And so David so believed in God, he knew that God would not ever break covenant. Do you believe the best in God? Do you believe the best that God's a God of happy endings and that he's going to keep his promise to you? Because in this season, if you know anything about God, God always wants to make sure and find out who is for him and who's against him. Are you for me or are you against me? So he's separating out and showing us who's who. We see it on all seven mountains. And even during David's time, this type of doubt crept into people's hearts because they weren't sure if God was for them anymore. Have you thought that? Have you found yourself thinking that? Or have you found yourself thinking back to times past when God has come through for you? And he said, you know, I don't know about you. This is what I find myself saying is that because I was listening to the false prophets and I was listening, uh, not <laughs> only two, only took once. I'm so sorry. It only took once. I was like, nope, that's not God. Nope, that's not God. But I had to make myself remember. I thought, you know, this just doesn't sound like God because God I know keeps his promises and the God I know keeps his people. And the God I know is a God of happy endings. He works all things for the good of those who are in Christ. That's the God I know, not this God of doom and gloom and this God of fear and, oh, oh, no, oh, it's Chicken Little. The sky's falling. He's not Chicken Little. And actually, the problem that causes this in, in today's time or even back then is spiritual short-sighted, spiritual short, short, spiritual short-sightedness. Or fickleness. Let's call it that. Fickleness. People putting more stock in what they see or more stock in what they say versus what God says. And it's all caused by people choosing to serve God their way. Did you think about that? Instead of Yahweh's way. And this is the standard that God is talking about. He's trying to bring us back to his ways which are based on faith and trust, not on man's. Man, let's, I don't know what you think about man. I mean, people are wonderful, and I love people, but people let you down. People let you down. And so in order to come back into the basics of love, then you have to start stepping back into God's ways and into God's testings to understand that in order for God to bring you back to himself, he has to show you who he is. And this is the ultimate fulfillment of of the Davidic covenant, which is done through Christ Jesus, which does not fail. Does not fail. So for America, we then have to realize that God's made covenant with you, made covenant with us. And if God says that our days have not been fulfilled, then that means he plans to help us. You just got to take him in his word to bring his people back to the place where we 
begin to see his plan and what it is. And that includes drawing closer to him if we want to find out what that plan is, wouldn't you think? So thank God for the chosen few who have chosen to draw near all truth. You need to be thanking God for the truth warriors. Because in this season, what's happening, all the Jezebels, not just the occult, everybody like them, they're all losing firepower. That's the best thing I can say today. Feels good to say that. It feels good to stand on this side of the Jordan. That's all I can say. Feels good. And I mean that with the utmost res of respect towards a holy God because he did it. It wasn't by anything I did. I just followed his direction. That's all I did. And it's amazing how the haters come out when you try to follow a holy God. Like, no, no, follow me. This is the mentality that goes behind it. No, no, follow me because of my name. Follow me because I know it all, because I'm in the limelight, and because because of I'm a legend in my own mind. And and I'm just like, go blow. I don't care. I don't want to follow you. Your heart, your heart reflects who you really are. And and you may not like my heart because of the truth in my heart. And I may seem like I'm even a little bit mocking of you because I'm so disgusted by the level of arrogance that I've seen. And it's like you get what you get. You get what you get. And God bless the truthers. God bless. The truthers are all taking a standing. And you people, if you're, if you're wise, you'll find yourself a truther and follow them. The truth hurts, but it will set you free. The truth, better are the wounds of a friend than the wounds of an enemy. Your friends, if they're truly friends, will tell you the truth. But the Lord is saying, thank God for the chosen few who have chosen to draw near me. And to find out my truth instead of what man has to say. And the Lord's saying, never judge my faithfulness on what you see or how you feel. Because when I make covenant, I take it seriously. And I keep my word because my promises do not fail. So do you see why I told you at the very beginning of this conversation, you people who had been obedient, you have a lot to rejoice in. You have a lot to rejoice in. And we've got a lot of work ahead of us in the days ahead because we're going to have a lot of dysfunctional people. You've got to learn how to pray. You've got to learn how to battle the occult. You've got to maintain your stance. And even as a, as a warrior and as an intercessor, you've got to learn how to keep getting refreshed so you can continue climbing up in the higher dimensions of the Lord's heart. But April 30th through September 15th, this is when all the fun starts. <laughs> But the good news is for the obedient, I will say this. I need to tell you this before we start. I don't want you having any cardiacs on me. The Lord said, and he said this, I think about a month and a half ago. He said, if you've been obedient and you've crossed over and come across your Jordan and you're starting to enter in your promised land, the Lord says, this C2 is going to run as smooth as butter for you. Smooth as butter. And I'm already seeing that thing play out. That's why I'm joyful. I'm really joyful today about that. So let's wrap up. Proverbs 13, 17 through 19. And by the way, if you're a truth or leader, God bless you, man. God bless you. We have hard jobs. <laughs> we have hard jobs. It's like being the ship on a rebellious boat. And you just want to start throwing some people overboard. Woo! Walk the plank. Okay, there you go. Proverbs 13, 17 through 19, <clears throat> which leads us 
into this. It says, an unreliable messenger stumbles into trouble. Are you unreliable? Are you unreliable? But a reliable messenger brings healing. If you ignore criticism, you'll end in poverty and disgrace. And if you accept correction, you'll be honored. It is pleasant to see dreams come true. But fools refuse to turn from evil to attain them. <laughs> I'm so sorry. God forgive me. I'm so sorry. But it, I mean, it, he always wraps it up in a nutshell, doesn't he? It's like, it's like God's like, let me give you this big synopsis. I'm going to tell you what's going on. And I'm going to slap you in the face with the truth <laughs> at the very end. So anyway, for those of you who heard the truth today, God bless you. We seal it in you. For those of you who catch this later, you may not like my style. You may not like my truth. God bless you too. But you're in for a white knuckle ride this year. <laughs> So God bless you. I'll be praying for you. Anyway, go have yourself a great Friday. I'm going to go catch myself some sushi. And uh, then we will uh, catch you on Tuesday. And we'll continue the conversation. How about them apples? We'll see you then. Love you guys. Bye-bye.